0: Episode sixty-seven, of another Parkrun Adventurers podcast. We're back for another week. Welcome back, Mel.
1: Thanks, Scotty. Always happy to be here.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the invite because at the end of last week's episode, you said you were going to invite me, and you never did. So I'm just
1: invite you to next week's episode. Join
0: you, join you on this week's episode. So I've just started it. So, I've invited myself.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes in life, you just got to do these yes. things. Yep. Invite yourself along.
0: Yep. It was a last-minute decision. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but... Uh...
1: Well, I'm glad you showed up. Yeah. And I apologize hey. for the, ba- the baby brain that prevented me from actually inviting you.
0: Speaking of last-minute decisions, I, did a, I had a last-minute decision during the week to enter the Wings for Life Run. Now, we spoke to Brendan Davies. He, put, we he, did. Pla- he planted the seed. I'd seen all my friends running in it the previous years. Always thought in my back of the mind, that sounds like a stupid idea. <laughs> but there was obviously something there that th- thought, sounds like a really cool idea. Because it is like running at night with a whole bunch of people. It's different than the usual fun run experience, right?
1: Headlamps, fluoro vests and whatnot
0: yeah so then i did a little bit of research and it was it was a fairly cheap run to enter for 71 dollars, you got a headlamp and my, my headlamp at the moment is crap so i thought worst case i'll get a, a new headlamp they also give you a, a free top and it's fluoro green slash yellow close enough to the colors of the westerfoldian green so I was, I was thinking i've got nothing to lose here so I did it. I entered, rocked up on Sunday night at nine o'clock. When I think. Did
1: you have any? Um, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. But did you have any um, goals for ha- distance that you wanted to achieve?
0: I did a quick calculation on the uh, nerd box and put it in and said said I was going to run about 25k because my training runs I, I, my training runs sit at about five minute k's and they, they go up to twenty twenty four kilometers. Okay. And we do them pretty easily. We chat. It's, it's fine. So I was figuring it was just going to be a version of that. So I okay. thought. At
1: night time. At night
0: time. I thought I was going to be in the vicinity of a 24, 25k run.
1: Did you smash it or did you <laughs> completely underwhelm yourself?
0: I'll, I'll jump to the end first. I hit 21.1k, the half marathon distance, and said, That's it. I'm jack of this. I'm walking. So I stopped. (laughs) I stopped and it was funny. The guy I was running with, we basically, we got like 50 meters. No, we must have got about 100 meters past the 21K marker and we both just stopped. (laughs) And we just turned to each other and said, are you done? And I go, yep, done, over it. Slacker. I've got to tell you, I know the experience for some was great. It was lots of fun. For me, I've never had a more miserable night in my life. Did you
1: go out too fast?
0: No, not at all, not at all. I did suffer, we've alluded to it before, I have this vertigo situation going on. And the combination of red lights in front of me bouncing up and down, cars flashing by with their lights on either side. So we still had cars on the freeway going next to us, and then we still had heaps of cars on the other side of the freeway. Uh, And so like about a kilometre in, I was ready to throw up. And, and I, I <laughs> sorry to share too much details, listeners, but by 6k I did. I just had a little bit of a dry reach by the side, not much, and it just didn't get much better from there. I, I had another one at about 11k, and, and you know when you have a you have a spew, you feel better.
1: Usually, yes. usually.
0: So I did have that euphoric after spew moment. And so for a couple of Ks there, <laughs> I felt good. I wouldn't good. say it's
1: euphoric, but <laughs> okay. Trust,
0: trust me, by this stage, <laughs> I was looking for anything. Um, so I had a couple of Ks there where I felt really good and thought, this is okay. And then it started to rain, heavy rain, like drenching sideways <sighs> rain to the point where your top is really heavy. Like it's, I was so wet, the top becomes heavy.
1: Yep. And was it cold? Because I, I saw um, live on Facebook people waiting at Melbourne to start and everybody was jumping up and down. And I thought, okay, either they're super excited and they just can't wait to go or they're freaking freezing and they just need to keep moving so that everything doesn't ice over.
0: Have a guess. It was Melbourne in May. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. So, in uh, Running Apparel. It was freezing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go with cold.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So cold and wet and vomiting. Uh, this this is the trifecta that makes for a happy run. Mm.
0: Plus a little bit of cramping too, but that wasn't too bad. That was I just my legs were a bit sore in the week leading up to it. And uh, the, so it doesn't end there. The fun doesn't stop there. So you the, the car... No,
1: because the chaser car hasn't got you yet.
0: Because so the, the, I was walking, so the, the car caught me pretty quickly by that stage. So I got to... I don't know what you're 22k just just beyond 22k and then you don't know what to do like the car passes you you're out you're 20k down a freeway in suburban Melbourne
1: yeah how do you get home
0: well you just keep walking you just keep walking until the buses come and pick you up so okay luckily they gave me a space blanket and luckily I packed it so I wrapped that around me and I'm amazed this thin bit of silver is it aluminium aluminium Aluminum, if you're uh, Americans, I don't know what alu- it is.
1: <laughs> I think so. I think it's some hybrid of that.
0: Yeah, it works. It really works. Kept me warm. So you you wrap yourself in one of those. You get to the twenty four a twenty four kilometer uh, drink station, and then the bus comes and picks you up, and you sit on the bus wet, and to drive back. <laughs> It was a bizarre experience.
1: Would you do it again? Uh, no. Look,
0: if it was done in maybe February, maybe.
1: Okay. But never
0: again in May.
1: They, they change the actual start time, though, each year, don't they? Because it, they start it somewhere different. Because you're running at the same time as everyone all over the world. Yeah. Or well, is it always going to be at 9 o'clock in Melbourne? Wasn't it different last year?
0: No, it, I think it's 9 o'clock the same time every year. So that concept... Maybe
1: you just need to do it in Italy or Barcelona or something. That's someplace. my
0: next option, yeah. If, if I'm <laughs> in Milan this time next year, I'll sign up, no worries. So, so the idea of that concept is it's really exciting to watch on Facebook or YouTube, however you're watching it, because they're panning around the world watching all these people run. But when you're in the moment, you're just some miserable bloke running in the middle of a freeway by yourself. The, yeah. The cameras aren't there. No one's giving Pajamas, updates.
1: Watching people on <laughs> Facebook, that's probably my kind of style as well for this particular event. Also well no, actually that's not true because I would be knocked out within like the first five or ten K, so it wouldn't be as long and miserable for me. <laughs>
0: okay, so that's the other that's the other attractive part. So if I was to do it again, I would just cruise. I would do it in about I'd go to ten K max because up to fifteen K they had buses. Take
2: Kasha with you.
0: Yeah, maybe. Like at every kilometre mark up to about fifteen k, we had buses waiting. So I figure yeah. if you just got there, you just walked to there and the next kilometre mark, and they took you back. But once you still got dry, <laughs> once you got past fifteen k, you were shit out of luck, and yeah, you got punished for running further. So it seemed. Yeah. I did see a few park runners, which was good. Robbo flew by me at one stage. He was the MC at the start line. He was screaming at me to get me excited. And then he'd s- he was
1: the MC and he ran.
0: Yeah, Did he so both things. I think he must have let everyone go off, and then so well, he's a he
1: talented man. He took,
0: yeah, he passed me doing about two fifty minute K's. I think he was, um, he was inspired by breaking two. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, I hear his voice. He's on the phone. He runs past me on the phone, and yeah, I couldn't keep up. Didn't want to keep up. He was probably
1: <laughs> live streaming it at the time. He could as have. Well.
0: He's very talented man. But speaking of Breaking Two, did you watch that?
1: I did. Wasn't that an interesting little marketing exercise?
0: (laughs) Well, that's been—I don't know if it's a criticism. That's been the commentary that it was just one two-hour advert. It's an
1: observation. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I watched it. I was fascinated by it
1: as an experiment, and for the amount of work that went in from the athletes, like all, all credit to them. It's you know it's very clever. On behalf of the people who put it on, but um, yeah, no, there's there's no question about the um, the credibility of the athletes who were actually giving it a serious crack. You know that it was. It was very tense, especially coming in. I got really frustrated, I don't know about you, at the end when they took away the clock and you couldn't see the clock. And I'm like, but where is he with the time? I want to know the time. I want to know if he's going to cross. And um, yeah, they didn't bring it back to right when he crossed. And I was like, oh, no, he's missed it.
0: What was the point of that?
1: I don't know because you didn't know about it till twenty seconds later
0: yeah I thought that was very disappointing i I guess they were trying to build the suspension is he isn't he or they knew he wasn't going to do it, so they didn't want to disappoint us all, but I don't think anyone was really disappointed because you could no, kind of he was
1: going to turn the t v off
0: exactly you could kind of see that he wasn't going to do it because they were updating us on his splits, and the car had sort of moved ahead yeah, so you knew he wasn't on track, but the point. But not having the clock up there was a little bit anticlimactic, I thought.
1: Yeah. But it was still very cool. Um, the paces did an amazing job. I was very impressed with the paces.
0: Have you had a think about 2 minutes 50, what that feels like?
1: Um, when you're running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, 2 minutes 50 used to be like when I first started. It was longer than I could run, full stop. So the concept of, of doing one kilometre in that period of time and then doing that 42.2 times, yeah, that's, that's a bit mind-blowing. Have you ever come close to a 250?
0: Well, I know it's all relative, but we went down to the track on Friday night and did a little bit of a track session. Me and my mate Barney and we tried to have a go and see how long we could actually hold 250 pace. Yeah. I don't think I and? ever got there. I think <laughs> 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 no. So I think I
1: had- I'm not sure I've ever got there on a bike going downhill.
0: No. I think I might have nudged 3 minutes and my mate Barney I think he held it for about 3 or 4 seconds, maybe oh maybe a bit God. longer. So the- <laughs> What
1: did that feel like? Tell I mean, tell the rest of us who've got no idea because well, we're never close. It was my top close. speed.
0: It was my top speed. I couldn't go any faster.
1: Did you feel like your legs were like running away with you, that you you were the rest of your body was being left behind? Or did you feel like you were going to fall forward? Like I, I no. don't even know what your posture does at that speed.
0: No, well, it's just – it's as fast as you can possibly go. So for Elliot Kipchoge, he's just in cruise mode effectively. But for me, I am – trying as hard as I possibly can. So I can't really relate it. Like, I can't really relate to what that would feel like to hold it for even, you know, one lap of an athletics track, let alone 42 kilometres.
1: And so what are the facial expressions like? Have you got the tongue out and the eyes bulging? (laughs) Because whenever I concentrate really hard, my tongue is out. I can't help it. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Even if I'm running, I know it's dangerous when you're running to have your tongue out, but it it just goes there.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I'm not sure about what my face is doing, but I know my body's in a fair bit of hurt. (laughs) So full credit to those guys. And I saw a little bit of commentary that people were surprised that they sort of fell off so soon, like the first guy in particular. Cut him some slack, man. He was trying something, and it didn't work. He, He wasn't feeling it on the day, but I think he still finished. You know, it looked like he was literally jogging across the finish line, but he still did a two hour 14 marathon.
1: Yeah. And look, that's so much of it as well. Like you can do everything right in the prep. And this goes for anyone who's ever done any race or marathon. And if the stars don't align on the day or you just, eight something five minutes out of a time frame you should have eaten it it's all it takes for that just one little thing to get you off kilter and then oh heaven forbid it's a two hour 14 marathon
0: (laughs) yes speaking of fantastic milestones achieved you achieved a milestone of your own on the weekend
1: oh yeah but Mine was only little comparatively. <laughs> we're talking about breaking the two hour marathon. And then, oh, but what did Mel do? Oh, you know, she volunteered a <laughs> park run on the weekend.
0: Nike didn't contact you to produce a two hour television special?
1: No, oh. I didn't get any sponsorship requests at all. Yeah. So. Come at us, And Nike. it all actually. <laughs> I, I don't know what. Maybe I had my phone on silent. I don't know. I should be more careful with that on Saturdays.
0: But what did you do? Um, what did you do?
1: I volunteered for the 100th time at Kiwana Park Run. So that was my own quiet little milestone. I didn't actually mention it to anyone. Um, a couple of people knew that it was coming up and so they congratulated me on the morning. But yeah, it was it was just a nice little quiet thing for me. So yeah, that was that was my little personal parkrun adventure on Saturday.
0: Well done, Mel. Thank you. Thank you on behalf of Parkrun. The Kiwana Parkrunners. We've got lots of parkrunners who do some remarkable things. And the parkrunner who's about to join us was the first Australian female at the recent, I'm going to have a go at this, Marathon des Stables. The Sahara- the- oh. <laughs> there you go, the, the Sahara Desert Marathon, that sounds better.
1: Yes. Welcome
0: to the Park Run Adventurers, Amelia Griffith. Hi, thank you. Now, tell us about this marathon, Amelia. It, it's, a, it's more than a marathon, it's like nine marathons in a row or something like that, isn't it?
3: Uh, not that extreme, it's, a, it's classed as a multi-stage um, ultra event um, So the race across a part of the Sahara Desert is held over six days Of which five days are running um, And the distances vary each day It was 240 kilometres
0: all up So five out of the six days running, what do you do on the sixth day?
3: Uh, You actually uh, have a build-up. So you have three sort of shorter marathon distance days and then the fourth day is what they call the long stage, um, which for us was 88 kilometres. And then the day after that is classed as a rest day, only because um, a lot of people are still coming in during that day. Um, And then you've got another marathon and then a 10K to finish off the event. So the rest day is as much as um, whatever time you have there once you finish the long
1: stage. Oh, so for some people, that rest day on day four, day five, it's not actually a rest day. It's a we'll catch up because we're slower than you guys and um, and we won't get a proper rest because we still have to do the rest.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly right, exactly right. So the cut-off for the long stage is 35 hours. Um, so that's why they kind of have to um, allocate the rest day um, on the second day.
1: 35 hours for 88 kilometres. Yeah, is the cut off. In the Sahara Desert. Yes. <laughs> After you've already done ridiculous amounts of running for the last three days before that. That's a bit hardcore. <laughs> well, it
3: is classed as one of the toughest ultra um, on the earth. So, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty tough.
1: So tell me, is it just because of, you know, the reputation it has with the toughest being in there, like what attracts you to do something as crazy as this?
3: I wanted to know if I could do it. It's been on my bucket list for a while. I've got quite a few, um, I guess, challenging ultras on my bucket list and and that was the second one. And I purely just wanted to see if it was as tough Um, as what it has a reputation for and if I could do it.
0: So what's the verdict? Is it the toughest foot race in the world?
3: It was challenging um, and I don't doubt that it's definitely probably in the top 20. Uh, I don't think it was the toughest.
0: Wow. Because?
1: What do you you think will be the
3: toughest? (laughs) Well, um, that's what I'm now going to find out, so... Uh, apparently there's quite a other uh, multi-stage events and other really long-distance ultras um, out there that I've now added
0: to my
4: bucket list.
0: <laughs> so what are some of the challenges of running through the Sahara Desert? I'm thinking heat, obviously. What else did you encounter? Um,
4: yeah,
3: heat is one of them. Um, the marathon bazaar is quite... Uh, a unique event where you have to be self-sufficient for the whole time, meaning that you have to carry absolutely everything that you'll need for the whole six days um, in your backpack every day. So, you know, your pack at the start of the day will weigh, um, you know, anything from sort of 10 to 12 kilos because you're carrying your food, your sleeping gear, your, your clothing for the whole event. So to prepare for that and running through sand is quite challenging and through the heat. But it's not only the sand. Um, the landscape of the desert uh, actually quite got me because parts of it were fairly rocky. Um, there were some where we were running through like dried-up riverbeds, um, so it was really salty and glary. Uh, but I think also one of the, the challenging points to note is the lack of sleep. Um, and just the inadequate rest time that you get in between each day to then be able to pick yourself up and, and make it through the next day.
1: So 10 to 12 kilos of just clothing and things like that, I imagine about 3 kilos of that is Band-Aids for your all your blisters. Where does the water factor in? Um Do do they provide drink stations or you actually have to carry your own water and can you top that up every day? Because I imagine if you're starting a six-day trek with enough water to last for six days, that's going to weigh some heavy kilos as well.
3: Yeah, that's right. So the only thing that is provided for you each day um, is medical support, um, a a basic tent um, or shelter and water. So each stage will have a different number of checkpoints along the way and different amounts of water. Um, so you, you know in advance how many litres of water that you're getting um, and when you'll be getting them, and you have to manage yourself um, with, with that amount of fluid and, and hydration. You carry your water every day.
0: I imagine one of the things if you're doing a six-day event is you get to spend a lot of time with the other competitors did you meet some characters or is, is everyone very focused on their own race? Uh,
3: look, you get all sorts of people. Obviously, with over a 1,000 people there, you you got all types of characters. Um, the Japanese were really, really funny um, and really engaging, as were the Italians, Argentinians. You could have a bit of a laugh even though English was a bit of a barrier. Um, I found that the French were very, very focused um, and sort of, you know, didn't really engage as much. The Brits were a lot of fun. Uh, I guess it's sort of being at like a school camp or, you know, a Kintiki tour for ultra runners. Um, I I met a lot of really, really great people.
1: And apart from the bragging rights, obviously, of being able to say, oh, yeah, you know, first first Aussie female, 37th overall in this pretty hardcore race, please tell me you got a medal or some sort of shiny bling for finishing. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Absolutely, we got the uh, the standard medal and finishes T-shirt um, at the end But more so for me, it, it was about finishing one of my bucket list races um, And at the end of the event too, the race director, Patrick Bauer He actually stood on the finish line and, and congratulated every single runner that finished And that to me was you know, just a core part of of the event and, um, you know, made finishing even more special.
1: And so what kind of preparation do you do for something like this? You know, it's the Sahara Desert, it's X amount of days and a lot of kilometres. How do you train for something of that distance?
3: Training, you definitely need a varied schedule. Um, So... uh, During the summer, I was out running during lunchtime in Melbourne when it was hot, Um, obviously with a pack-on down along St Kilda Beach in the sand. Um, I did a lot of bike riding. I did Bikram yoga. Um, And then I also had on top of that my usual um, running training um, for marathons and ultras anyway. So it was keeping up that base level fitness, but adding in a lot of heat work where I could.
1: I bet you got a lot of weird looks at St Kilda when you're running on the beach with a pack in the middle of the day.
0: Yes, or dressed up in my desert gear, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, you've been running for a long time. You're also a good parkrunner. But one thing I'm curious about is that um, how have you seen the entry of parkrun and what that's done to the running scene in the last few years?
3: Uh, it's absolutely Loaded um, the number of parkrun participants, um, and I I love it. it. It's a core part of my week um, or my weekend, I should say. And I, I love getting all of my friends involved who haven't heard of parkrun to come down. and And I know that you know ninety percent of people once once they start doing parkrun three or four times, it it becomes a part of their life as well. Um, and it's great to see too when you get you know. Um, your adults bringing their kids along and then their kids really start to enjoy Parkrun. Um It's just exploded in Australia and it's so good to see.
0: Have you noticed more and more people are now running or you have more friends in running since Parkrun?
3: I- I've definitely noticed the increase in runners and um, as an example, I have a race director who's a really good friend of mine and the entries for his 5 and 10K events Um, are usually sold out, which wasn't happening three or four years ago. Um, And I would attribute part of that to Parkrun as well. So definitely I think it has increased running in the community.
0: And some of those friends, uh, so you're also involved with the Achilles Group, so you're one of our VI guides. How have you found that experience?
3: I I find running as a VI guide is one of the most rewarding things um, I've done and um, I'm not sure if you saw the interview with one of our guides uh, who did the Puffing Billy race yesterday, Um, and he basically said being a VI guide turns an individual sport such as running into a team event, and that's something that really hit home, and being able to share my love and my passion of running with someone else who wouldn't normally get that opportunity is, it's just an indescribable warm feeling. I love it.
1: You're a bit of a handy uh, park runner in terms of your speed, Amelia. Of the events that you've adventured to, at least four of them, you've had your best gender position as first. When you're a VI guide, what kind of speeds are you paired with somebody?
3: Um, so the, all the VI guides are always matched up. Um, with appropriate paces uh, with with your vision-impaired persons. Um, So you are running, you know, at a speed together Um, and obviously you have to go at their speed and what they're comfortable with. Um, But I like to push them a little bit as well out of their comfort zone where possible. So um, it just depends who you're running with and, and what they're out to achieve as well.
1: Have you ever got one of them over the finish line first? Um not yet. <laughs> sounds like a bucket list item for me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it sounds like a challenge. I don't think you're going to be too far off.
1: Now, of all the events that you've done, have you got a top 3 for us? Not your home park run. I really
3: enjoyed the park run in Durban along North Beach, um which they sort of had a bit of a special event um because it was the day before the Comrades Ultra, so There was about 2,500 people down there from from all nationalities and um, that was a lot of fun. Um, So that's probably my number one. My number two is probably uh, St Peter's in Sydney. Um, I I know they've been having quite a few issues there, but just the support they constantly get from the community to keep the St Peter's park run going, um, that's that's a favourite park run of mine and... Um, I'd also have to say number three is Lily Dale.
0: They're all great nominations. What's next on the calendar for you, Amelia?
3: So I've got the Trails Plus um, Massive than 50K event uh, at the start of June. Um, and then I'm aiming for a pretty good run at Sydney Marathon um, in September. And then my favourite, one of my favourite events is the Ned Kelly Chase, which is all different events, but I did 100K, uh, which is at Wangaratta in October.
0: Just the 100K. Good luck with that. Yeah, just a...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just have to ask one cheeky question. On your bucket list of these crazy ultra marathons, has the Barclay Marathons made your list? Uh, it's floating in the background. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a maybe one for the future to, to sneak on there. Uh,
3: it, uh the thing with Barclays is that you have to be invited um, to go there and um, being in Australia makes it a little difficult as well because usually the entrants aren't told about the event until sort of 24 or 48 hours beforehand.
1: Oh, okay. Don't
3: yeah.
0: worry about that. You, you've been on the Park Run Adventures yeah. podcast now. So your profile has just gone <laughs> up immeasurably. So I'd be expecting the invite for next year if I was you.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe maybe yeah <laughs> anyway thanks for coming on and sharing your story from the marathon this is that better the subs. the subs okay yeah the subs <laughs> thanks amelia <laughs> thank you so much for having me on i really enjoyed it Mel, it's time to check the pulse of the nation, the state of the nation. I thought it would be a great idea to go around this big country of ours and get an update of what's happening in every state or territory.
1: And I agreed that was a great idea because I'm nosy and I don't know what's going on everywhere.
0: Yes. So all in one bang. But because there's a lot of states, we're we're putting all, all our TDs on a time limit. They've got three minutes to bang out as much information and update us as they can. And we're starting with the ACT, purely for alphabetical reasons. <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome to the pod, Denise and Gary from Canberra. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Are you guys ready?
5: We are.
0: Okay, ready?
5: Have you got the stopwatch, going? I'm going
0: to start. Your time starts now. Go.
5: Okay, new events in Queen. It's event number five for the Canberra region. Our new event director is Vanessa Palmer. She launched the Queenbean event on the 29th of April with 226 park runners in attendance. We were extremely excited to see lots of first-timers from the local area mixed with plenty of tourists coming for, um, to collect their queue or to be part of another launch. Um, there's a lot more undulation um, than other Canberra region courses, which will actually provide um, a different challenge for our park runners in Canberra. So, our second week was uh, Saturday just gone, and what, they had 92 park runners um, attend, and most of them were Bean locals. So, that was extremely exciting.
6: Hmm. Of course, Queanbeyan is just uh, the next one in a, a line of launches that we've got uh, lined up or in the planning. The strategic plan for parkrun across the Canberra region involves uh, new parkruns from Malonglow, Woden, Mount Majura, Fadden, Dunlop, and uh, we had an inquiry from Braidwood, which is 50 ks out of uh, Canberra, so we get to expand the region a little bit if Braidwood gets up and running. Uh, We've had some good talks around sponsorship, and our next event, we're hoping to launch before the end of the year, will be Malonglo, which we hope will actually be a trail run, so that will uh, tap into a new market for the Canberra region.
5: Okay, special events coming up in Canberra. Um, we just have um, Burley Griffin Park Run. They have their first birthday coming up on the 17th of June and their theme will be wearing their favourite beanie, which will come in handy with the winter weather of Canberra.
6: So an exciting time in uh, in Canberra and across the region. Uh, we're actually now averaging uh, for 2017 998 park runners across the five park runs. Uh, for 2017, and that compares to a number in the second half of last year of around 614. So it's uh, quite, um, quite a significant increase over the last uh, six six months or so. We've got over 15,000 registrations, and uh, four four thousand of those have been in the last 12 months. So certainly a lot a lot happening. We'll have to wait and see what happens over winter um Canberians tend to stay inside at eight o'clock on a saturday morning but we are trying to change that mm-hmm. so hopefully with uh with burley's birthday encouraging people to come out with their beanies on that might uh, encourage people to come out during winter not quite sure what we would um change about parkrun if anything i think we're pretty what happy what do you
5: change with Park Run when you're happy with it it's
6: pretty perfect isn't it yep, weekly nice. yep timed yep free done fantastic easy and that's the update from the nation's capital. You guys are good. That was two minutes fifty. Bang on. <laughs>
1: <I had that. laughs> Came in under time. You, you've got you've got like ten whole seconds of real estate there.
6: <laughs> so we we could have pushed a bit more about the um, yeah you know, the good thing that you're starting off with the nation's capital. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got you got lots of growth. And lots of funny names in Canberra.
5: We do. We do,
0: yes,
6: yes. Very strange names, some of them.
0: Well, what is it? It's the Aboriginal name? Is it the local name of the area? What's What's the explanation? We're going to veer off Park around here
6: and get a bit of a history of the Canberra region. <laughs> um, I think some of the names are based around the historical Aboriginal name. But there's a whole range of reasons for different suburbs as well. Like some whole suburbs are just named after...
5: Explorers.
6: Yeah, or there's another whole suburb that's named after streets in Tasmania or suburbs in Tasmania. Um, Politicians. Yeah, politicians. Prime
5: ministers have passed, I think.
6: Hmm. So some really interesting naming conventions around different areas. And and some of those areas that we're looking to uh, expand into are... A sort of an area within Canberra rather than an actual suburb. Uh, Canberra is split up into almost regions, and then within the regions, there's different suburbs. So, like um, Woden, for instance, is is an area within Canberra, fairly um, south south central sort of area, but then there's different suburbs within Woden.
0: Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the update. Thanks for kicking us off on our State of the Nation address. Good luck over the winter months in Canberra.
1: Thank you. All right.
0: Good luck. See
1: you. The second Territory we're going to head to tonight or today, whenever you happen to be listening to the podcast, is New South Wales. And joining us to give us the wrap-up of events in New South Wales is Territory Director Sonia Polman. Sonia, Welcome.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Now, this is the first official time I think you've been on the podcast, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is the first official time. I've I love the fact that there must have been unofficial times. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
0: the voice sounds familiar, though. I've, I've heard that voice somewhere before.
1: Yeah, that, that would be all the videos around the traps That's of it. the Polmans doing their reviews. So, these guys, these guys are famous in parkrun adventure world. And we're very lucky to have you here to give us a breakdown. Are you ready?
2: I am ready. And I will put the caveat out, first of all, that this will be, it's very interesting for me because New South Wales is my recent adopted state. I've, I've been, you know, I've only had the license plates on for, <laughs> I think, since Christmas time or just after. So I've been here for a number of months. So
1: that's right. You've, you've got a fresh
2: perspective. That's right. We'll, we'll take it as that. Now, Scotty, you've got the stopwatch.
0: Yes, I have. Are you ready, Sonia? Are we go. Ready? I'm ready. Okay,
2: go. You're on. Go. All right. Okay. Well, in terms of New South Wales, we can say I got the wonderful Peter Pollman to get his data fingers onto this. Um, New South Wales has got 58 park runs as of the 6th of May this year. Um, so I can tell you that New South Wales actually has a quarter of the park runs in Australia um, and a third of the Australian population when we compare that to Queensland, which has a third of the park runs, but only a fifth of the Australian population. So actually we're kind of, you know, Queensland's been punching above their weight um, in those terms. But since our first park run, at St, which was St Peter's in January 2012, we have been steadily growing and we are continuing to grow. We put on 16 park runs in 2016 Um, and from looking at the trends of that it's actually still going up and last year actually was the first year that Queensland wasn't on the top of the list for adding new park runs but in terms of new events for us we've got Ballina Coast launching on the 27th of the 5th which is awesome and Coffs Harbour also launching on the 10th of June And if you're interested and able to get around, on the 25th of... Sorry, 28th of May, Coffs and I think it's Urunga also have some trial park runs. So if you're interested in going and checking something out and helping out with the trial event, then I'm sure Kevin would love to see you up there for that. We've got a bunch of... There's prospects popping up all over the place and things like um, we've had inquiries from Arimba, Kondobalan cessnock is getting very close to getting off the ground broken hill lake albert so they're just a few and then in terms of things that are coming up i've just done events for may so we've got birthdays for tari the ponds penrith lakes mount penang and curl curl so if you're in the area keep an eye out for those ones I would love to see some more park runs in the rural areas of New South Wales. I mean, having come from Warwick, which is a smaller rural park run, I and just seeing how fantastic it was. I would love to see some more of those come up on the map. And, in fact, if there's anybody out there at Dungog in our near area who'd love to give me a call, I'm waiting and I'd love to hear from you. Or that Gloucester, because Gloucester has some awesome th- – not Gloucester, sorry, Stroud has um, a brick-throwing contest in June which I think is an awesome reason to go to a town. Okay. I think I was also asked about my park run wish list. I know I've got four seconds, three now. <laughs> um, mandatory tail runner. Two words, mandatory tail runner at every event.
0: How's that's, that, Scott? That's it. Yeah, you did it. You, you hit three minutes dead on there. Ooh. Well done, Sonia. Okay. Thanks for that, Sonia. That's okay. You did well. Awesome. Great. Queensland are okay. repping rip, New South Wales. Well, I think you got to pass. I
2: was going to say, there we go. I managed to spend time talking about Queensland. but they... <laughs> yeah, you, snuck, you snuck a little bit in there. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, were it not for park run, we wouldn't actually be in Newcastle. So um, there you go. Yeah, New South Wales. <laughs> Yay, park run. Yay, park run. Yeah,
0: exactly. Now we're going to pop up to one of the territories and visit Mark Connolly up in Darwin. How are you going, Mark?
7: Yeah, good, thank you, Scott. Hey, Mel.
0: Howdy. Welcome to the pod. Are you, re- are you ready to give us an update on Northern Territory?
7: I am. I'm excited.
0: Okay. I'm going to start the clock and your time
7: starts now. Um, so we have got uh, two events going in Darwin now. Since last time I spoke to you, we've added the second one on, which is in Palmerston. It's a whole about 15 or 20 kilometres from Darwin's um, park run course, um, which has improved our numbers, of course, across both events. Um, We're now still getting close to um, 150 to 200 in Darwin and close to 71 to 100 in Palmerston. Other than that, they're going along just swimmingly. Everything's fine up here in our lovely weather. We've had a a couple of contacts. People get in contact every now and then from places like Catherine or Alice Springs but never follow up for for new events or new prospects. So if anyone in those sort of areas would like to get on board, um, they're a lovely place. I was just down in Alice Springs last week running at 4 o'clock in the afternoon in beautiful 20-degree weather. We don't get 20-degree weather up here at uh, 4 a.m. Um, other than that, yes, everything is going well. Well, we also would like another event up in Darwin. I think we've got enough room in the northern suburbs to go ahead. We just haven't got anyone to take that one on yet. So, But, um, yes, we're all ready to go for some more.
0: Tell us, Mark. we am going to jump in here. Tell yeah. us about Alice and Catherine. How come these events never follow up? So you get the initial interest, but then nothing happens.
7: Yeah, and um, I can see where they're coming from. I did the same thing when I first looked at it for Darwin a few years ago. I contacted Parkrun. And then things got in the way and I didn't get back to it for probably close to a year then got back on board. But so if you've had a talk about it before, come back on, just get in contact with Parkrun Australia on the website and they'll get in contact with me and we can help you through every step of the way.
0: You're a friendly Mm. guy.
7: Yeah, I'll help out anyone.
1: I have a quick question about places like Alice Springs. Do you think the reason perhaps that they haven't established an event yet is because of like a transient population? People don't stick around for very long?
7: Um, that's one of the issues we have in Darwin too. Um, I'm not quite sure about Alice, but in Darwin we have a lot of defence and transit populations, which means we get a few run directors going and then they move on and then we get a couple more going and then they move on. So we're, uh, we have that same issue up here, which I think is why we haven't got another one up here at the moment. But, um, yes, down there they've got a very big running group already and a very good running club. I think they not quite sure about this park runs caper yet. And Al Springs. So the running scene is pretty big. It's nice area. lots of mountains to run around on. Nice, cool weather. Yeah. So well, I'm not sure about Alice yet. So get in contact if anyone's down there listening.
0: We'll get there. And that's your three minutes. The three minute wrap up of Northern Ooh, Territory. Timing. Do we cover everything?
7: I think so. I think we've got about everything.
0: Yeah. Have you got anything on your wish list? Anything you oh, want to change? Or.
7: Oh, what would I like to change? No, I can't think of anything. Good. Can't think of anything to make Park Run better. Great. Thanks,
0: Mark.
1: And the next tab off the rank for State of the Nation is Queensland and to give us the roundup of what's going on in Queensland we've got Territory Director Steve Rayner joining us. Steve, welcome to the podcast.
8: Good evening everybody.
1: So now Steve, you know the brief, you've got three minutes. Are you ready to tell us all about the wonder that is happening in Queensland?
8: Well it's very difficult to do Queensland in three minutes but I'll do my best.
0: I'm ready to start the clock. Okay. Here we go.
8: Okay. Go. Here goes. Okay. What are we doing in Queensland? New events. Um, we have two new events starting in June um, at Mansfield in Redland Bay. Both of those events will have the effect of uh, rendering all current statesmen having to do a couple more new events to catch up. But they're, they're all approved, ready to go. We're just waiting waiting for the start date. Uh, But on top of that, we've got a number of new events that are in the process of either obtaining funding or waiting on grants, um, but they're not too far away and we should see them start in coming months. Um, Most of these are in regional areas, but there's a couple in the Brisbane area. So we've got Gympie coming, we've got Cloncurry coming, St George, um, Lota out on the bay again. And one new event, which every time I use the name the event director wants me to use it just gives everybody the wrong idea it's going to, he wants to call it breakfast creek park run but in brisbane everybody thinks of breakfast creek is just the pub so um i'm trying to get him to talk call it windsor or wilson because it's actually nowhere near the pub but that one that one's going to be going to be a good fast course when it gets going queensland continues to grow we've, we've been involved with park run since the early days but now there's no sign of the growth slowing. We've got over 20 events on the prospects list, and we seem to be adding more every week. And uh, the people who put their hand up to run those events are going through the, the startup phase of measuring courses, trying to obtain funding from councils and other places, um, putting together an event team. And we should see many of those come to fruition in the second half of the year. At Southbank, um, a group of vision impaired runners have, are now coming to South Bank every week, and they've formed a group. It's a Facebook group uh, called Vision Impaired and Guides Connect. And whilst this isn't being run by ParkRun, um, ParkRun, as we all know, is a very inclusive organisation, and we take runners of all ages and abilities and whatever. Um, so we have four or five uh, vision impaired runners uh, coming to South Bank every week, uh, some of them with their guide dogs. And uh, volunteers from Southbank are providing guides to both the runners, walkers, even to the dogs. Some of the dogs need to learn the course so that some people get to be a guide for the dog. The other thing that's happened is that we've had to relocate uh, the Kedron course. It it was uh, a relatively slow course running on a bit of grass. It's now running on a straight out and back course on the Kedron Brook Brightway. And I, I think I'd have to say that it's the fastest course in the Brisbane area at the moment. Sandgate may disagree with me, but uh, that's um, that's been going for that. They had their first event last week. Comment on growth? Well, it's Park Run. It continues to grow. It's like a virus, isn't it? There's there's still plenty of growth left in Queensland, and um, I don't see any signs of that slowing down. A wish list item. What would I change? I'd love the technology to evolve where we're not dealing with manual stopwatches and uh tokens and all that sort of stuff but i think we're a long way away from that because it's a big change for Park Run to make but it'd be nice one day when we get there that's good steve i yes. gave
0: you a little bit of leeway because queensland is our biggest state so you went a fraction yes. over the three minutes but that's a good wrap-up thanks very much steve
8: okay talk to you all later
0: okay we're halfway through our wrap-up of the nation and we're going to south australia where i know they're ready for some growth so welcome back to the pod john laurie Hey, Scott, how are you going? Uh, we're fantastic. John, you're our, good. you're our Territory Director in South Australia. We've seen some good growth there, there lately, and uh, hopefully you're going to update us on what's happening around the rest of the state. Are you ready? I'm I'm ready to go. Okay, and your time starts now.
9: Fantastic. Well, the growth has been um, pretty good so far uh, in the last 12 months, so much so that we've I've had to expand... The territory directors and actually put on two new ones. Uh, we were looking to put on one and I looked at how many events were, were likely to start and I thought no, nah, we, we need to bite the bullet and put on two straight up. So we've now got three territory directors to, um, to look after the state and uh, we're about to come into a really busy time of anniversaries actually because we had so much growth this time last year. So Uh, July, especially, we've got um, an anniversary nearly every week. And in the uh, couple that we don't, we're likely to start some new events this year as well. So that's going to fill up our July for anniversaries going forward. So we received a state government grant very recently, and that's going to allow us to start 10 new park runs here in South Australia, which we're extremely excited about, uh, especially with the growth of the ones that we started last year, which are um, a lot of them are up in there, getting close to 200 uh, participants a week. So we, we really need to get that, um, that growth happening. So uh, some of the, the inquiries we've had um, and some that are, that are starting very, very soon, we've um, got the Barossa Valley, which will start very soon. We've got Gawler, which is likely to start in early July and Cleland, which will start probably mid-July this year. Uh, Clearland's going to be a great run. It's going to be a, a trail run. So the first um, South Australian full trail run. Uh, sure, it won't be the last. And we're also looking at places like Goolwa, Kangaroo Island, along the beach at uh, Semaphore, is where I'm thinking of. Uh, we also had a trial for Mawson Lakes, and that's going to start on the 27th of May. So lots and lots of growth happening here in South Australia at the moment.
0: You've done well. All in two minutes, 30. you got 30 seconds left. Have you got a wish list? Have you got a wish list? Anything you want to change about Park Run in South Australia? Or?
9: No, there's nothing I want to change. I just need uh, need more events. I need more time to uh, to get those events happening. Um, we've also got Edithburg. Edithburg. Did you say 10 events? 10 events. We've got the money to start 10 events. That's massive.
0: Have you got 10 events?
9: Uh, by my last calculation, I think we've got eight that uh, we know where they're either going to start or want to start. So I want to start another one in the city as well to take a bit of pressure off Torrens. So, yeah, we've got at least eight that, um, that are pretty much earmarked.
0: Very exciting. Yeah, so we've got room for two more wish list. We do. Two more Dream Park runs. All ready to go. Funding sorted.
9: Funding sorted.
0: That's great. That's great. Yep. The With a DSHIP government. as well. That's right,
9: the, uh, the Office of Sport and Rec.
0: All good news. Thanks, John. That's a great update from South Australia. Absolutely. No worries. Thanks, Scott. See you.
1: The next lovely lady to join us is from the far south. She's going to give us the wrap-up of Tasmania. It is Territory Director Chris Timms who's joined us on the podcast before, but welcome back, Chris.
10: Thank you very much. Nice to be here.
1: Now, I I said this offline before, but I'm going to say it online now. Nobody knows Tasmania like you know Tasmania. Are you ready for three minutes of sharing your brain with everybody else in Parkrun World?
0: Ready to go. Okay. Your time starts now. Go. Go.
10: Okay, we've had a pretty exciting time recently in Tasmania. We've been getting some good state attendance records, particularly with the recent launch of Georgetown Park Run back on the 8th of April. Um, That makes our event tally four in the state. Um, Georgetown is a lovely little town just north of Launceston and for all those people on the mainland who thought they had Tasmanian statesman status, guess what, you don't anymore. So you have to come back for another visit. Um, Now we've also got a few new events in the pipeline. If anybody would love to give us some funding, we've got uh, Railton, uh, um, Burnie. Windsor, which is also in Launceston, we have Queen's Domain in Hobart, and we have Deloraine also in the north. So, quite a few prospects there, um, but all being worked on. All they most of them need is actually some funding, and we've got grant applications in. So, fingers crossed that'll come off. Um, we have Devonport Park Run celebrating their second birthday on the 27th of May. And just one little sneaky thing for the alphabet tourists out there, I have had some interest from the mainland in someone getting a Zeon Park run up and going. And there might be a little course down there, but I need to have some enthusiastic interested parties to get that one going. So if anyone knows anyone in the far west of Tasmania, I'd love to hear from them.
0: Talk to us about Western Tasmania. I don't know anything about Western Tasmania. And there's apparently a town starting with Z?
10: Zed, yes. Zian is down on the far west, the wild west. Um, It is mining country. Very definitely wild weather, cold, blustery, gorgeous place to visit. Uh, But quite a long trip from anywhere in Tassie. Generally takes three and a half to four hours to get down there. Not a big population, uh, but, yeah, well worth a look if you're in Tasmania. And if I can get more tourists down here by putting a Zeon in place, I'd love to do it.
1: Is it further south than Hobart?
10: No. No, it would be probably close to halfway Hobart to Launceston along the coast.
0: And since Georgetown's launch, have you noticed the growth in Tasmania? Is it getting bigger and bigger?
10: We've had a a couple of quiet er weeks uh, since the Georgetown launch, with a couple of events going on and some of the winter sports starting. But we did hit a um, an attendance record of 759 people um, the week after Georgetown launched, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, The best thing about Georgetown is now that they've been going for a few weeks, we're to the point where we're seeing lots of first timers from the Georgetown area and less people from other park runs actually attending and propping up their numbers. So it's been fantastic.
0: And that's three minutes. Well done, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for the update on Tassie.
10: I hope there's at least 30 seconds worth of value there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's 180 seconds.
10: Yeah, fantastic.
0: Okay, we're nearly at the end. I wanted to save the best till last, but unfortunately it's the penultimate state. We're visiting Victoria. Welcome to the podcast, Talk, a regular member of the podcast almost these days. How are you going, Talk? Yeah, really good, Scotty. G'day, Mel. How are you?
1: Really great. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah, are it's you fine. ready? Are you ready to give us your three-minute update? Yeah, mate, not okay. a problem at all. Okay, your time
11: starts now. Go. Beautiful. Well, you you probably did save the the best to, to a second last. You've got to give someone else a crack at that, but. Yeah, I think Victoria, when you look at our growth across the last few years, and we're running at about 100% growth in Victoria for the last five years consistently, um, and numbers have gone from you know, back in 2011, obviously, the one event, through to, uh, at this point, we've got 47 events in Victoria with another two launches before the end of May. So we're sort of starting to eye off now who's going to be event 50 in Victoria, We have a list at the moment running of places that have got fairly close and we've got a lot of interest from places, and I'll run through a list fairly quickly, and it's going to be interesting to see which of these gets to 50, and potentially by the end of this year, we could be up to 60 already, which would be a a great number, and it's great to see the number of people that are embracing Parkrun and getting out and participating Now, for example, across Gippsland, we have about 1,100 people a week where two years ago we didn't have anyone doing parkrun in Gippsland. So it's really great. Across Victoria at the moment, as I said, we're spread from almost one end to the other. It would be really nice to see something up at Mildura being being the top of our state. But apart from that, we've got parkruns pretty well across the whole state and we've got interest from places at the moment. I'll run through a list. We've got... Uh, Stall, uh, Rosebud down in the Morning, Mornington Peninsula, Lakes Entrance, Torquay's getting very close. That'll be a great location. Eastern Beach at Geelong, Brimbank Park, Newport Lakes, Port Arlington, Ocean Grove, Lancefield, Sunbury, Mernda, Bright, Benalla and Nil. And if you look at that, you know, the growth spread out across the state. So we're not just concentrating in an area and spreading. People are hearing the message of Parkrun and, and they're... They're jumping on it. People love love it, and as your listeners know, park runs a great thing. We look across the state, and I'm starting to look at things. You know, being involved in the different clubs, we're looking at alphabets now, and we're starting to look at different places that would be really cool to get park runs up and running to try and complete Victorian alphabets. I think at the moment we've got 19 letters in Victoria that we can cover, uh, so there's a few more that will. Um, just complete some of those blanks, which would be fantastic. Just, just this year alone, uh, we've, we've seen five launches already. Uh, we've got another two launches this month, so we're going to have had three launches this month. It's a great uh, growth. As I said, really interested to see who's going to be number 50 for Victoria and potentially, as I said, at the end of the year, I think we'll be up around 60 events and all of them will be really great, really fun events. And that's probably about the end of Vico. That's it. That's Perf- it.
0: Perfectly timed, three minutes. I expected Perfect. nothing less.
11: <laughs> I think it'd be fair to say I think our growth probably reflects, you know, what's happening in a lot of the other parts of Australia. You know, Queensland had the jump on everyone. I think, you know, we're probably slowly catching up in events. You know, they had the head start on us. Yeah, it's huge.
0: Have you got anything you'd want to introduce or change about park rent?
11: No, look, I I think the model of Parkrun, it's just a great community event. For me it's not about the run. For me, it's much more about the coffee afterwards and the chance to sit down and just socialise and touch base with a group of mates that before Parkrun I had no idea who these people were, but they'd become really close friends. And so I think, you know, it's probably one of the keys to Parkrun is the social aspect of it, and the number of running clubs that have formed out of Parkrun—you know—just those links. That it's not all about the run; it's about everything else that happens around Parkrun. But no, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I think we've got a great, great thing that we're involved in. No argument from us.
0: Thanks for coming on and giving us an update on the Great Estate.
7: Not
11: a problem, Victoria. Number one. <laughs> Thanks, And That's from Mel. No, she nothing. was very quiet, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she's finally accepted. I know
1: better. I, I finally accepted that Scotty's deluded and he's just going to continue believing what he believes, <laughs> irrespective of what I say.
11: So you finally accepted Victoria as the number one state? I thought, <laughs>
1: yeah
11: she's finally realised.
1: He'll probably manage over the years to get enough um, – voiceovers from me that he can just piece that together himself and I won't ever have to actually say it he'll just edit it together and then one day he'll spring it in an episode and I'll be like hmm I don't remember saying that
0: you don't remember saying what
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a bit of an obvious attempt and last but certainly not least For those of you who have been paying attention, we've done every state or territory except for WA and joining us from the Western State, we have got the fabulous Territory Director, Cassie Hughes. Cassie, welcome back to the podcast.
4: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back on again.
1: Are you ready for three minutes of expose?
4: (laughs) I will try my best to fill three minutes for you.
1: Awesome.
4: Well, Scotty's the one on the clock. Okay, here we go and go. Okay, so what's been happening in WA? Well, first of all, we're going to start with my event, which we launched on Saturday, which was Applecross Park Run, and that went fabulously. We had 268 people at our launch, and it was fabulous. We had an absolute screamer of a first finisher who came in at 15 Minutes and 52 seconds. Blew everyone away. Um, the launch went really well. Everyone gave great feedback. Photos were fantastic. Everyone was really happy. So that was great. Um, we have an update on Kalia Park Run, which is the one we launched only 10, um, 10 weeks ago. Um, Kalia are averaging around 40 runners each week. And they are building up such a great little community there. They um, have got such a good camaraderie and their volunteers are fantastic and they're doing really, really well. And like I said, they have 40 at the moment. I'm sure that will grow as more and more people find out about it. Another thing that happened for us is Rockingham Park Run celebrated their fourth anniversary. It was a pyjama party and it was a great excuse for for me to get my giraffe pyjamas out. Um, and run a pyjama PB, which I haven't done before. So that was fabulous. Rockingham um, are a little further south from Perth and they, they've they pretty much got everyone covered down there. They average about 270 plus runners a week and they do a fabulous job. Uh, Claudia, the ED for Rockingham, was dressed in the most amazing Victoria's Secret pyjama party with wings, and she looked fabulous. She really knows how to pull that off. One of our smaller events and newer events that we've got a little bit further north is Moora Park Run. They've had 13 events so far. Um, They're little, they're small. We need to get out there and get them known a little bit. They're averaging around 22 runners a week. Um, they are a smaller area, uh, but Bronwyn and her crew up there are doing an absolutely fantastic job of getting it out there. But we'll, we'll push that one a little bit more so that we can get some more people out there. We've got two park runs who are having to do alternate courses at the moment because of bridge works and playground works, which is Canning River and Averley. They've managed to move their courses around a little bit to accommodate. Uh, works going on there and we've had great feedback with the new courses there and again their numbers are fabulous. Shelley again is another park run that's just an, a fairly new one and their their numbers they're doing 100, 150 every week and everyone's loving that too. Geograph Bay was cancelled last week due to the Ironman but they're back in action this weekend. Um, if I could see anything else happen with park run. I want more Geraldton, Esperance, Broome, Port Hedland, Exmouth. People, come at me. Tell me where you want park runs, and tell me you can help me, and we'll
0: see what we can do.
1: Awesome. Sounds like you um you you must have been bang on the three minutes there. I think, Cassie.
0: Yeah, pretty close. Just a little bit over.
1: I have a little question. I may have some sneaky inside info from an undisclosed person that the westernmost compass point of the Compass Club will be very soon coming under fire and could be shifting to a new event. Um, I, I don't know if you know anything about that, Cassie. I don't know the actual location, but there's not a lot of opportunities for it. In Western Australia, I guess there are technically if you go north, but um, I've got a a sneaky suspicion it's going to go south and it may involve some wine. Can you tell us anything about that?
4: (laughs) Oh, you're good with your intel, Mel. Um, I can not confirm or or deny. Um, Yeah, I'll keep that one under my hat for a little while. We'll let someone else discuss that and uh, just keep your eyes and ears open. Fair
1: enough. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast to share all those things with us. Sounds like Western Australia is keeping you guys busy with your events, new and old.
4: It is. It is. We have, what, 23 now and hopefully more to come. So it's keeping us on our toes. Lots of things to do. Lots of fun to be had.
0: All this week, Mel, it's been National Volunteer Week, which is great. Coincides really nicely with Parkrun, because we love volunteering. So, we would encourage you every week to thank your volunteers, but if some weeks you don't, for whatever reason, I'm not going to judge you, let it go, but this week, just say thanks.
1: I would challenge everyone to thank every volunteer. Not just one of them, or two of them that they actually talk to, but just go out of their way to go and thank every single volunteer.
0: I'm a realist
1: at Parkrun. I know
0: that's not gonna happen. So I'd just like everyone to just at least once. At least one volunteer. Plant a okay. seed. Plant a seed. And they might remember.
1: You gotta shoot for the stars, Scotty? Yeah, true. So how good was this like whole state of the nation thing? I Everybody know. is fully up to date on what's going on across Parkrun, Australia.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we don't need to update you on Launches this week, because we've already heard. We have. But we'll remind you, Tim Boone is <laughs> launching this week in Victoria, which is great. If you love ice cream and running, get to Tim Boone.
1: Also because it's just got a, a funny name.
0: does a bit, doesn't it? must admit, yeah. I'd never really, I maybe I'd heard some reference of Tim Boone, but yeah. I thought he was a cricketer. But no, it's a town, <laughs> and they've got Park Run.
1: That's a different boon. And should, should we just give everyone a quick round-up of the anniversaries that are going to happen this week, just because they may have got lost in all the other stuff? Yes, we should. All right. Well, we've got Altona Beach in Victoria turning number two.
0: Curl Curl in New South Wales celebrating their fourth.
1: The Entrance, also in New South Wales, are number one.
0: And Yarrabilba in Queensland have made it to three.
1: That's nice. They've got one, two, three, and four. And next year, Tim Boone will be number five, all on the same weekend. That's a lot of cake.
0: We should have read them out in order.
1: (laughs) Well, next Next time maybe we could be more organized. Remember. Next year. Yeah. All right. Yep. I'll remember this specific weekend next year. Read them in order. Okay. Okay.
0: Another big show today, so we're going to wrap it up quickly. Next week, Club Corner, we'll bring that back. So that's exciting.
1: Who will we be interviewing? Maybe we know, maybe we don't.
0: (laughs) Just saying it here now so we make sure we organise it for next week. Good plan. Yep. Thanks for joining me again, Mel.
1: You're very welcome, Scotty. And thank you to all the listeners for joining us.